Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're the booksmen. <laughs> Ooh, look out. Yeah. Do you, do you think uh, we that both had too thing? much whiskey. <laughs> I can tell right now. <laughs> but can, do you think that should be like... Do you think it's an improvement on we're booksmen? Yeah. We're Who, not just any booksmen. We're the branding ourselves. Booksmen. The booksmen. Yeah. Who books the booksmen? Authors. <laughs> Authors book us for what? No, they provide us with the books that we read. Oh. That's not what the word books means. Oh, you mean like book, like arrest us, <laughs> like book us into. Or books us a hotel room. Books us a hotel room. Books us into jail. Books us for a live show. Those don't happen anymore. I got to tell you, I'm so bummed that like this is going to be the first year in forever that we've never do- that we will not have done a live show. Wow, that's true. Yeah. Not even like in New York, we didn't get one in under the wire. Not that we do shows in New York all that often. No, but, we did but that, I mean, well, but we this... did that awful, awful, awful podfest show in New York that one time. Yeah, but that was an extremely fun show because it. The awful thing was the the behind the scenes, the running yeah. of the festival, not necessarily our show. And then we, yeah, did... our show was fun. Well, yeah, because we didn't care, so we just shit on the festival. Uh, I wonder if they're going to have us back. But um, th- but this is also going to be the first time in like a decade that we haven't gone to England to do uh, live shows. Yeah, that stinks. It does stink. And, and, th- and especially because, well, I guess Brexit would have screwed things up anyway, but... This would have been the first year I would have been over there as an EU citizen, and I was Ooh. counting on putting you under EU citizen's arrest as a foreign national. Well, if we had gone to, like, Ireland or something? Yeah, I was going to put you under arrest. I, w- I would have made sure we were far enough away from the U.S. Embassy that you wouldn't have been able to run there in time. Uh, and I would have put you under a citizen's arrest and... Then you would have booked booked the booksman. Exactly. And then I would have said in this episode, guess who books the booksman? I do. At least one of them. A fellow booksman turned on the original booksman. Yeah. Which would have been quite a twist. A a twist worthy of a book. Yeah, but I'm bummed. I want to do... You know what I'm afraid of, Tom? Catching COVID-19? That I mean, less and less afraid of that. Well, you should still keep a comfortable fear. Yeah, I have a comfort. I have a comfortable fear of everything. <laughs> believe me, I have an uncomfortable fear of everything. Um, no, I'm afraid that our bookings in uh, the UK and Ireland mm-hmm. were all based on kind of a momentum of like mm-hmm. well we've been doing it every <laughs> well, year yeah, like, we've been having them here every year like we, we you know this uh-huh. is, and like now that we're breaking that momentum i think they're gonna be like eh, we don't need to have those guys back <laughs> well also probably like by the time next year happens everyone in europe will be vaccinated and we just won't have access <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll just be a prison colony. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's essentially what we are right now. Like, Americans can't go anywhere. Yeah, and not that, like, the only time I really leave the country is when we go do these shows. Right. In, like, what, September, October, generally? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do have this low-level kind usually, of claustrophobia. Usually this just time knowing. of year, we would be having discussions about, boy, we should really figure out what we're doing for those live shows. This year, we'll think about it more than 24 hours in advance. That way, when we get to London, we won't have to just stay in our Airbnb and We won't be jet-lagged jet in a pret figuring out what we're going to talk about. I'm going to miss that pret near King's Place. Yeah. Where, where the, we guy, the guy apologized uh, uh, to us about 9-11 the last time we he were there. He didn't apologize. He was just kind of like... What was it like? He said, oh, I'm no, he sorry about 9-11. Yeah. yeah. We're like, were you involved somehow? Why are you apologizing? The thing that bums me out about that is that if you're going to apologize to me about 9-11, something that happened 19 years ago, mm -hmm. here's what I was thinking. Tom, to you, does it seem like 9-11 seemed like a long time ago? It does if I think about it. It doesn't no like if I if I'm just thinking about like somebody mentions nine eleven, it doesn't feel like that long ago. But if I sit for more than ten seconds and think about, it, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, but like the time that from nine eleven to not now, not to say I've forgotten. I will never forget. There have been times that I've forgotten. Those have been those have been uh, brief and, and nice. Nice, nice. Yeah. But the time that has passed, like it doesn't seem that long ago to me. And then moving forward that amount of time, I'm going to be uh, 57 years old. Oh shit! Yeah. I was watching an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia last night because I was just like. I haven't watched like some of the older episodes that like I really really liked. Yeah, the early ones. I was ones. watching. I was watching an episode um, that didn't seem like it was that long ago, and I was like, "What year did this air?" It's like two thousand nine. Eh, that wasn't that long ago. But fast forward eleven years, I'm gonna be freaking forty nine years old. <laughs> You're gonna be fifty. Hey, yikes! Yeah. A third of our lives will be will be done by that point. I feel like Books the Podcast is just getting dark lately. <laughs> yeah, well, we're getting old. Yeah. We're, hey, and we're getting less dark. We're getting grayer. Yeah. Anyway, Tom, mm -hmm. Devil in a Blue Dress by Walter Mosley. Yeah. You read the book. Mm-hmm. Got some feedback on that, Tom. Oh, uh, well, because I kept bad notes at the end, yeah. Um, I haven't. I haven't looked at the Patreon comments. I I forgot about that. Yeah, what, what are people saying? They love it. They love the way I describe the story in great detail most of the time. And then at the very end, I was like, I don't. I forget what happened here. Todd Lima said Tom enjoyed the book so much he forgot to take good notes to explain to us. Yeah, which that's a generous reading of the situation. <laughs> Uh, and to which Joe replied, I really have no idea who half the people were or why they started killing each other. And Joe and I are in the same boat here. Um, 
Grant said, hey, guys, I love the podcasts. This one got a little harder to follow at some point. Maybe it was the nature of the book. I felt a bit like Tim at the end. To be honest, I wasn't following a lot of that. Um, maybe the next book will be easier on the details. Hope this is helpful. Well, like I said, I feel like I, I want to read another Easy Rollins uh, book because I feel like he, uh, Walter Mosley did such a good job, but I think he made some like mystery detective novel mistakes that early writers make of uh, too much explained at the end, too much coming together at the very end and too many characters deaths being like, Oh, that actually wasn't that important of a death. This guy was just mad and killed that guy. I mean, that's what it was with mouse killing uh, McGee. Richard McGee, I think it Robert McGee. No, Robert McGee wrote uh, the storybook, right? I think it was Richard McGee, um, where it was like, oh, he killed him because he thought he was going for a gun. It's like, oh, so there wasn't really a plan behind that. Then that wasn't such a central mystery. But that shows how Mouse is is a loose cannon. Uh, was it even Mouse that killed him? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it was. It was somebody else. Because Mouse didn't show up until later. So that's what I'm saying. Junior killed him. That's who killed him. Yeah. Anyway, Tom. I want to I wanna tell you that thanks to you mm-hmm. not being able to recall <laughs> anything about the book that you read. It made the movie more enjoyable to watch. That's why I did it. Do you consider this your job? What? Recording this podcast. Uh, one of my jobs, sure. Do you want to do a good job? Who do you see? Who do you think of as your boss? <laughs> do you want me to say you, Tim? I do not think of you as my boss. If that's what you're alluding to, <laughs> who do you think of as your boss? Tim? The listeners. So if they were confused, do you feel like you left your boss? You let your boss. Is down? this my review? Is this my quarterly review, Tim? Perhaps. Yeah, I, I don't did, know. I'm like, not your boss. I guess I can't. I can't make this. These. These. Look, I can't I, ask these questions. I let them down in one regard, but I made up for it in how entertaining I was in another. And and how would you describe you were entertaining? the entertainment value that you brought top notch i would agree all right tom i watched the movie last night okay i I did not watch virtuosity by the way it's not available streaming anywhere and i wasn't gonna buy it i don't even know if you could buy it i think uh both uh denzel washington and uh what i always forget russell crowe Russell Crowe is in Virtuosity? Not not Russell. What the hell is his name? I hate... Everybody's yelling right now. Russell Brand? No, not Russell Brand. Uh, Virtu... Russell... Yeah, Russell Crowe. Wow. I feel like that was before he was a big deal. Yeah, a little bit. Russell Crowe in Virtuosity was kind of playing like uh, a poor man's 
T one thousand. Because he was I like, mean, a, I, I don't, I don't know anything about virtuosity. I don't think we need. Well, it's got a thirty nine on Metacritic. A movie that you watched 24 years ago, um, <laughs> considering you read a book and two days later couldn't tell us what the plot was. When a virtual reality simulation created using the personalities of multiple serial killers manages to escape into the real world, an ex-cop is tasked with stopping its reign of terror. It was Tom, it was back. It, this was ninety five. It was back when like computer movies glossed over the idea that something that was a computer program could become a flesh and blood human being through nothing, <laughs> through just jumping through the screen. Yeah, I mean these movies were not based in reality they weren't based on true stories no they were they took place later in the future i do remember russell crowe was a pretty good villain in it he was very dastardly and denzel washington was very heroic very stoic in it like i'm gonna beat you within an inch of your life <laughs> um tom i watched this movie on stars Ooh. S-T-A-R-Z. Did you use um, my mom's uh, cable I account? Used, you know, I was going to tell you, it was a little touch and go because I was like, do I think Tom's mom has a Stars I, subscription? I can't Apparently tell you. Apparently she does. My mom's cable account. She's got account. the works, huh? I she try really to does. See, uh, see if I can log into the Spice Channel's OTT <laughs> She will tell offering. me about, I've got a, I've, you know what? I've got to like take a look at her bills or something because she'll sometimes don't you dare. <laughs> she'll tell me how much her cable bill is sometimes. I'm like, what? But then I think, oh, I mean, I have HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, <laughs> and I've had her New York Times password for years. And I've told her that, and she's like, I don't have New York Times. I'm like, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Your son's using it. Um, you're just a real mooch, huh? Look, she's not using it. I've told her you should look into these things and cancel them. Tom, I made the most frivolous purchase. Of- you told me not to buy Mulan on your Disney Plus account. I and- was just afraid you log into Disney Plus mm-hmm. using my login. Yeah, as and a, I use in your an exchange, login. yeah. But here's the thing. I could change my Disney Plus password and you would have no recourse. You uh, oh, you you think your mom knows how to change her her cable password? I could change her password. You could too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> if I locked you out of all your mom's stuff. Ooh, Tim, that would be the the step that would result in physical violence from me against you. It, it's been yeah. a long time coming, but if you did that, so, Tom, I need to save money, and I need to watch things like Devil in a Blue Dress for free. Right. Um, I bought... Did you see that Vans, the shoe company, mm-hmm. um, did a thing with The Simpsons? No. I thought you were going to say they, they did a re-release of Devil in a Blue Dress. No, they just they just came out with a bunch of shoes and like clothes and stuff uh-huh. with Simpsons designs on them. Okay. 
and I bought these shoes mm-hmm. because they were limited edition. Yeah. And like I signed up ahead of time to be notified when things went live. Yeah. And everything started selling out so quickly, so quickly. I bought these shoes that are cool. Like they they have like it's not like the new Simpsons merchandise where it's like Homer just being like, I like donuts or whatever. Yeah. This I has, mean, to uh, be fair, that's what a lot of <laughs> Simpsons merchandise over the past 30 years has been. Simpson mer- Simpsons merchandise traditionally has been, like, pretty lame. Except for, like, season one, don't have a cowman, right. underachiever and proud of it shirts, right? Right, which which I think we've talked about neither of us were allowed to buy as children. <laughs> I remember I got a Simpsons shirt, a Bart shirt... I forget if it said hell or damn, and uh, my parents threw it away. I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. was like, "That what a great shirt. That sums it all up. And they were like, you yeah. can't wear that. So anyway, most Simpsons merchandise over the last 31 years has been pretty terrible. Right. You would think by now, we've all grown up, sell me a Simpsons shirt with the word fuck on it. Yeah. Just uh. a, just Anyway, uh, I mean, they had Marge Simpson posing Playboy, for Christ's sakes. You can't, you can't put fuck on a t-shirt. Was she fully nude in that? Yeah, she wore a see-through top, a sheer top. Oh, really? Yeah. What? All right. Google it um, right now. Go- no, <sighs> Google it right now and tell me. Just Marge Simpson, Playboy, <laughs> Google image search it. You know, I, I'm already getting so many weird ads lately, but I'll... I'll Take a look at this. Oh, I have to turn off the uh, safe search, safe I search. guess. All right. Loading. These aren't. No, I'm getting ones now that aren't real. <laughs> Hold on. All right. I found I found a website that I think has them. What year was this? I, I would say probably around when the Simpsons movie came out. So 2007. Oh, this is an extremely weird picture because her breasts are, it's a sheer top, but her breasts are like way more realistic than the rest of her. Yeah. I don't like it. No, I don't like it either. For some reason, I thought she would have blue nipples. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you didn't like it? (laughs) That's part of the reason. Yeah, I did, I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't understand why they did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. Because like the real perverts, they're they're they've they've they're not looking for that. They're looking for you know Millhouse banging Marge or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and people who are buying Playboy, they don't want to see a cartoon no, they character. Want, yeah, they want to see a hot babe. <laughs> Show me Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. But I bought some shoes. I don't know if you're you're logged into Slack, Tom. Mm-hmm. But they have Lenny and Carl and Mo <laughs> on the. Ah, uh, that's pretty good. But like, these are very colorful shoes. Yeah, I'm never you... gonna wear these shoes. Yeah, and should I even wear these shoes? They're oh, limited they're edition. Seventy five dollars too. Yeah, don't tell my wife I bought them. <laughs> uh. Yeah, you're not going to wear these. No, but like should I even wear them? Um, I don't know. I don't know how 
I'm not good at judging what things are valuable or not. But this would be a nice thing if you had them like on display or something. But I don't display things in my home. Yeah. And yeah, like I mean, you shouldn't have bought them. If, I shouldn't have bought them. I, the, <laughs> if the, that's what the, you're looking for. Yeah, but this is why I have to use your mom's login for things. <laughs> Wait, why? Because I can't afford to be spending $5 renting Devil in a Blue Dress. Oh, because you're spending, spending money on this. Yeah. It, uh, it has Barney on one side, too. Did you mention yeah. that? Yeah. Barney and Homer on the other side. Ooh, oh boy. Oh, I wish you hadn't sent me these because the El Barto shoes are pretty cool. I would wear yeah, those. Yeah, they might be sold out. And those might be only in child sizes. Uh, the Lisa shoes are not for me, but I really like them. The Lisa shoes are great. There's Lisa for, for president. And, and put, they're um, like uh, purple high tops with yellow laces. They look cool. Yeah, um, edit notes. I'm going to make sure oh, to I put lo- a link to yeah. the Vans and Simpson stuff in the show notes. Uh, Ooh, I like the donut slippers. I like the yellow and blue slippers. The yellow and blue slippers you could get away with wearing. Yeah, I almost bought the donut slippers, but those also just kind of look like pink slippers. Yeah. Look, they all look cool, but... I wouldn't wear any of these out. I mean, that's a realization I've come to somewhat recently as I've been like throwing out or donating a lot of clothes that like I have a lot of shirts. Good save, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) As I've been burning in my oven, I mean, donating. Um, I have a a ton of T-shirts. I'm like, this is such a funny shirt. And these are multiple things that I like. But I, I'm just not a funny shirt guy. Yeah. And one yeah, I'm time... Freaking, uh, I'm freaking almost 40 years old. One time when I was walking my dog, I was wearing a Nightwing shirt. Just Tim, do you know who Nightwing is? It's uh, Robin. Wow. I'm, you only know that because I've told you that a dozen okay, times probably. So do you... Okay. <laughs> but... Uh, I wore that shirt once while I was walking my dog because I was like, oh, people won't know what this actually is. And some guy was like, cool Nightwing shirt, a compliment. And I was still self-conscious and like, well, I can't wear that shirt outside anymore. (laughs) Some loser will talk to me. (laughs) Although, Um, actually, uh, I've broken that rule because last week I was walking Ginger and I was uh, wearing a Batman shirt just because it was like super hot out. And I was like, I'm wearing a T-shirt today. Put on this Batman shirt. And uh, there was a nerd across the street wearing a Batman shirt. And he was crossing the street to come to my side of the street. And I was like, oh, come on, man. Don't come over here. Everybody's going to think there's a nerdy block or something. I mean, it sounds like it is, though. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be against Nah, I would be against that. I don't like nerds. I am a nerd, and I don't like nerds. Um, You like nerd culture, though, right? No, I don't. I like nerd art. I don't like the culture around the art, usually. So let me tell you about when you watch a movie on Stars, Tom. Okay. They keep a Stars logo on the screen the whole time. Really? Or are yeah. they afraid of you screenshotting it and sharing yeah. it? 
the hell? What's going on here? I thought they got got away from all those, like, uh, remember, like, 10, 15 years ago, every TV channel is like, no, there's a watermark on the screen the whole time. Yeah. They were just like, oh, nobody, they don't do anything and nobody gives a shit? Yeah, nobody likes this. All it does is reinforce, like, oh, it's NBC I'm watching that's putting this annoying shit on the screen the whole time. Yeah. Um, so that's, so that's how I knew it was I was on stars the whole time. Well, I guess it ahead worked. Ahead of time, ahead of time, mm-hmm. it says, you know, adult language, violence. Uh-huh. This is the jackpot for when you're a kid. Graphic. Strong, strong sexual content. Is that, That's not the jackpot, right? No, nudity is what you need to see. Yeah. And Tom, I'll be honest. There was not much strong sexual content in this, um, and it, in in ways that differed from the book, very much. But I'll, I'll go through. Okay, this. was there nudity? Mm, I'm going to say no. There's yeah. no nudity. In oh, this. nothing I hated more as a kid than oh, as like a young teen than some strong sexual content without nudity. It's like, well, yeah, what am I going to do with that? Yeah, I can think up scenarios in my head. <laughs> right. Strong sexual content. This is what content. I do all day. I need something to, to plug into those scenarios. I need some visuals to plug into those scenarios. <laughs> I need to know what Marge Simpson's nipples look like. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you would have been very disappointed with this with this. How are movie. Marge Simpson's nipples much more detailed than, like, her eyes or nose? That's what I don't like about that Playboy. Yeah. I think what they obviously did was take like a real picture. It's an uncanny valley. Yeah. It's an it's just a Well that's like uh what they used um uh was it was it Marilyn Monroe? Like somebody for like Tinkerbell in oh. in Peter Pan? Like, I feel like this was shades of that, of, like, they just traced an actual nude woman and then put Marge's head on it. Yeah, I think that's what they did. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it either. I I want to see what the artists, the animators idea of Marge nude looks like. Tom, do you know how old Homer Simpson is? Oh, God. Uh, Like, probably, like, 35, right? (laughs) Canonically, thirty-eight. I think he. <sighs> I think there's an episode where Marge turns thirty-five in the early seasons. Okay, but uh, yeah, Homer. Oh, I'm older and, like, than Homer's Homer. A, yeah, but Homer's a buffoon and a real jackass. I mean, it does make sense. He has three young children. Like, yeah, and he has a home and a and a nice family. And, <laughs> right. Uh, well, look, Homer's not a millennial. That's why he could pull yeah, all that off. Exactly. It's weird to think that all the episodes of The Simpsons that I really adore, like um, seasons like three through seven or eight, mm-hmm. were just kind of all written by Gen Xers. No, right. no, not even Gen Xers. Baby boomers. Yeah. And at the time, Homer was like our dad's age because we were Bart's age. Yeah. Which is why we related to it so much. Yeah. Because uh... we were underachievers and proud of it. 
I remember I wanted that shirt. I just was not allowed. You shouldn't be proud of being an underachiever. Guess what? Why, I'm an underachiever why did you try so hard myself. to get into honor society if you're just going to wear that shirt? Man, I almost had to miss a Foo Fighters concert for that honor society induction. I wasn't invited into honor society, Tim. A big point of contention. Um, so uh, I'm watching this movie. The movie starts. <laughs> There's a whole... Uh, the music in this is great. It's period uh, music. Yeah. Um, the beginning makes you think it's going to be a lot sexier than it is because, like, it's it's panning across this painting with like a lot of nudity. There's nudity in the painting, but that doesn't count. Right. You can't jack to that. Um, and it's kind of like one of those like three or four minute credit sequences. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is. Walter Mosley mm-hmm. only got an associate producer credit on this with like two other guys. He's got to get a better agent. Yeah, I mean, it was still like pretty early in his career, I think. Like that book came out four or five years before. Yeah, but you couldn't you couldn't get just a producer. Yeah, nah, well. associate producer with like two other guys that didn't write the source material <laughs> yeah and i'll tell you this 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 movie was pretty faithful to the source material yeah but he didn't um, write the screenplay right no um and the guy who wrote the screenplay um was this guy carl franklin okay who's an actor um not a super prolific actor but like he is way more he has acting credits and writing credits 38 acting credits and five writing credits and the only other stuff uh he he wrote punk which is a short eye of the eagle 2 inside the enemy oh yeah that's a good one last stand at lang mai and bless me ultima so like Whatever. No, I, I, nothing I, I, else it, we've heard yeah. of. Nothing else that we've heard I wonder if that's a weird... I was reading... Uh, there was like a big article, a big ex- expose about uh, uh, Brian Singer, who did uh, a, a lot... A great man, as you said. <laughs> you love all his films. No, and uh, his... Uh, apparently a very bad man who, who made, all, made a lot of the X-Men movies. But do you remember the first X-Men movie, the screenwriter credited was David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake in uh, the, the Metal Gear Solid series? I did not know that. You didn't know that? No. Uh, and apparently he was literally the receptionist at like that was his day job even after uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like he did Metal Gear Solid one. I don't think two had even come out yet by then. But even if it had, it was like, I don't know, a few days work. <laughs> How much do you think he got paid for Metal Gear Metal Gear Solid one? Like 30 grand? No, I doubt it was even that much. Um, I I bet he got completely screwed because that was way before like the unions even got involved with the video game stuff. Yeah, because so he was credited. I had always heard the story. David Hayter was credited with it because he was on set just transcribing the dialogue as they were like 
taking some stuff from scripts, improvising some stuff, Brian Singer writing, uh, you know, coming up with the lines on the spot. Apparently it wasn't that. Apparently it was like David Hayter sat in meetings with the screenwriters <laughs> and like, you know, took all these notes, but he's not a bad guy in this. They credited him mostly because it was like, oh, he's the guy we can screw over. <laughs> ah. And then they were, they told him, I forget who wrote an earlier draft and they were like, no, it was my draft that was mostly on the screen and I got nothing for it because partially because I didn't want my name on this. Uh, but apparently David Hayter, after they were like, that's who we're going to say wrote this. They came to him and they were like, we're going to give you $30,000 for writing this script. If if you aren't OK with that, we're just going to fire you instead. Like we're giving you this and be happy with that, that he was like a minimum wage receptionist uh, on on for Brian Singer's production company. Brian Singer, a great man. Well, but in fairness, he wasn't one of the people that was a uh, credited or not credited, a paid employee of the production company because uh, Brian Singer had done horrible things to them. And it was like, hey, don't tell anybody about those horrible things. You just work in my production office now and you don't have to come to work. So anyway, Bad man. Uh, Neither here nor there. Tom, this is a period piece. They kept it in the same the same period, the late forties. Okay. Don't you think Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's a movie town? Would you say that's a movie town? I would say that's a movie town. Don't you think instead of building a street on a back lot, <laughs> they should just go to a street that still has a lot of the old architecture? No, don't you think they should make entire neighborhoods oh. for different periods? Like who would who would who would object to like okay, a, a few studios are going in and they're going to remake five this five square block area. So like when Quentin Tarantino wants to do um, once upon a time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. he doesn't need to rebuild everything from scratch. Like all the all the all the, the storefronts will be, uh, well, they'll be active storefronts ninety percent of the time, but they'll look like it's nineteen forty eight. Um, so they can come and film nineteen forty eight scenes there a few days a year. But here's and, the problem: uh, those same neighborhoods would then become very desirable. And then those same people would not want movies shooting in their neighborhoods all the time. Yeah, but you can't keep movies from shooting in Los Angeles. Like every single elected official and ordinance is 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 going to be on the side of. I still think it probably just makes more sense for backlots. It's easier, cheaper. Yeah, but this seems like more fun. It would be more and then fun. You, then you and I could could drive around in, in those and be like, hey, we're in 1948. This is crazy. Yeah, I agree. Tim, when I went on that Universal uh, lot tour and uh, got to go on like the Back to the Future set, which they used for like a, you know, it's still like an actively used set, I think, occasionally. 
Uh, it blew my mind. It was one of the happiest times of my life. Were you in L.A. with us when uh, Paul snuck us into the Paramount lot? No. And we went into Robert Evans' office? <laughs> no. And we just kept getting chased by security guards? Like the Animaniacs? Like the Animaniacs. <laughs> it was great. Um, I tried watching the Animaniacs the other day because I read an article that they're coming back. And uh-huh. I was like, well, I better catch up. I don't care for the Animaniacs. It I seems was, like it's for kids. I was never that into the Animaniacs, yeah. to be honest with you. Tom, one thing I like about this movie, mm-hmm. it has a voiceover, okay. and a lot of people shit on voiceovers, but when it's Denzel Washington... I was going to say, when you got a voice like that... Yeah. And also, he comes in and often explains what the hell's going on every once in a while. And it'll be like... Like me. Yeah, and like it will be like... Essentially, without him saying like... So just to catch you up, like he'll just be like... So it turns out the cops were after me, but really this person was was responsible for the thing. So what Mm -hmm. I had to do was go find... It's like it literally tells you... And what my motivation in the next scene is this, and this will solve this mystery, and this will solve my problem. This is the problem that needs to be solved. It was very helpful, because there are a lot of people, and I'm very bad with names, and I'm very bad with faces. Well, and that's like not too unfaithful to the book, because the ver- the book is uh, first person, past tense, like we're in uh, Easy mm. Rollins' head the whole time. So, so you know, yeah. So Unless... it's it's not the worst thing to have a voiceover. I'm not against voiceovers in movies when it's based on a book where it's a first person narrative, and also where the writing is is so distinct, right? Like where it is super stylized. I imagine a well, lot of this yeah. is lifted directly from the book. Yeah, and where there's a lot like. Where the writer style my head and telling me it was rain. It's like, yeah. All right, if you're gonna tell, if you're gonna say that, like, yeah, all right. I mean, the the author is writing in the main character's voice, and the main character has a distinctive voice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, you see, Easy's house early. It's a nice house. It's on the corner. Mm -hmm. There's a running gag in the movie. Where there's a guy that's coming around. Whoopee cushions. The guy's putting whoopee cushions. I forgot to mention that's in the book. (laughs) No, it's 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 more ridiculous than that. There's a guy. It's when Easy is first going into his house. Mm -hmm. A guy is there with an axe and a wheelbarrow. He's just like, I'm just gonna cut down some some of your trees. And Easy's like, No, don't. He's like, I'm gonna go in the backyard. You'll like it. I'll cut down some of your trees. Let me know what you think. And Easy has to like literally chase him away like, get out of here but then he keeps coming back throughout <laughs> that's, the movie that's a pretty good bit <laughs> yeah but is that a thing that happened like a guy no that, that wasn't like, in the book at all okay. um all the things transpire exactly as they happen in the book mm-hmm. um he's at joppies and uh what's his face comes dewitt comes in and says hey Do you, who played this. joppy did you recognize the actor no. Because I'm very uh, curious about what Joppy was supposed to look like. Because it sounded like he was like, I'm, I'm going to look it up. He was kind of like a, it sounded like he had like been beaten to hell in uh, in the book. 
I wouldn't say that. He's kind of a huskier guy. Okay. Um, he's best known for uh, the role of Melvin in Doc Hollywood. I haven't seen Doc Hollywood in quite some time. Mel Winkler is the actor's yeah. name, but there's not a picture of him. I know. It's crazy, right? <sighs> All right. I'll look him up. It's okay. You don't need to. Um, Boy, I like this uh, mustache Denzel's got in this. I wish I wish I could pull off a little mustache like that. Uh, Mel Winkler's no longer with us, Tim. No, he's not. Wait a That's minute. That's why he, he, they don't care. What do you mean they don't care? Oh, Who he just he just he just recently passed June eleventh. Yeah. yeah, and it looks like he was somehow involved in Batman or Superman animated. He was he in played the... Inspector Bill Henderson in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman, and mm. Superman: The Animated Series. What a weird holdover! Well, and he played Lucius Fox in the new Batman Adventures. Wow. Mel Winkler, rest in peace. Yeah. So he played Passed the, less than two two months ago. He played the same role in Superman the Animated Series and Lois and Clark, did you say? Yeah, which is weird, right? Yeah, I don't think that that's otherwise the case for anybody, which implies that maybe they take place in the same universe. Oh, I recognize this guy. Yeah, what else has he been in? Tom, we're at minute five in the movie here. If we can can keep things moving, it would be great. Um, His house is really nice. He Um, hasn't been in anything in a while, though. Yeah, and I don't think he'll be in anything for a while. Um, So uh, there's there's the the scene at the docks where Easy is meeting DeWitt after finding out some information. And again, I'm not going to go over the plot until the part where... I explain what you should have explained in the previous episodes to our listeners. Okay. Um, I will say something about this movie: the design, the production design is amazing. Yeah. Um, it makes everything feel a lot friendlier than I, I was picturing in my head. Okay. Like when he would go to the after-hours clubs. Yeah. They seemed like a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean. It seemed like a lot of fun in the book, too, but whenever Easy was there, he was working. So he was, and he was always like a little nervous about the job he was on. So I think because we were seeing it through his eyes, he wasn't seeing it as fun as it. Because he would talk about other people there, like seemingly having the time of their lives, but it was always like, I had one man to talk to and one question to ask him, and three other men on my tail ready to kill me. Right. Um, so, uh, so when he was meeting, when the, the thing transpires where uh, the white teens kind of harass Oh, yeah, easy, yeah. Um, and then DeWitt is like, he comes in and saves the day, but he's like, suck his dick. Yeah. Why don't you just suck his dick? Oh, that's in the movie? Um, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's in the movie. But then as they're running away, DeWitt yells, and if you call the cops, I'll kill you. Okay. Which is something that, like, that's a smart thing to say when 
when somebody might call the cops on you for like threatening to kill them already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can't get you can't get in more trouble, right? For threatening to kill somebody twice, so you might as well say, "Don't call the cops. Just run away, cut your losses. Otherwise, I'll kill you." Well, that's what and you're I, not going to get in any more trouble. I usually say to people when I'm saying goodbye, "If you call the cops, I'll kill you." Yeah, because then it's like, well, hopefully that will deter them from calling the cops, and if they do call the cops. First off, I haven't done anything wrong, but second off, now they're going to be worried I'm going to kill them. Exactly. Um, so that happens. Um, okay, and then uh, Easy goes home, um, and uh, that's when he gets arrested by the detectives. Yeah, Mason and Miller. Yeah, which I'm not sure if they're named in the movie. I don't think anybody ever yeah, calls them. Yeah, they might not it. be. But they do a good cop, bad cop situation when they bring him in. Okay. I'm not going to give away. I'm looking at this cast right now and recognizing names. I'm not going to say. Why not? Go ahead. I didn't know Don Cheadle played Mouse. Oh, we'll get to, we'll get to yeah. Mouse. Okay. Um, I think this was his like breakout role. And he Tom was, Sizemore was, was the wit. Yeah, I don't really know who Tom Sizemore is. I know like... I know him from the 90s being <laughs> referenced as a scummy Hollywood guy. Yeah. Jesus. Was, he, was, he, was he involved with the Heidi Fleiss stuff? The, the Hollywood madam? <laughs> the Hollywood madam. I don't know, Tim. Maybe. Yeah. He was engaged to Heidi Fleiss. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was very involved with Heidi Fleiss, the Hollywood madam. I mean, the, the Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Flights the Hollywood Madam was a big story in the 90s. Sure. And and Jennifer Beals played Daphne Monet. Yeah, she was in Flashdance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's real good casting because, yeah, the, it was a very uh, uh, attractive woman. Yeah. Um, but... They do good cop, bad cop, and I think good cop, bad cop would work on me, even though I I know what they were doing. Yeah, I think I could actually appeal to the good cop and and get what I need out of it. Man, that's great casting, Jennifer Beals. I didn't realize that Jennifer Beals was African American. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't in here. Well, and uh, I, in the story. and and Daphne Monet. I mean, that's yeah, great casting. Um, there's a part in here where Easy goes back to Joppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember when in the book when Joppy's like, "Look, I set you up with Albright just to like so you could get some money. I didn't think you'd actually like do anything, right?" But Easy's trying to get some information out of him, and he brings in a hammer. And he starts smashing up Joppy's uh, marble bar top. With yeah, a, he was very proud of that uh, bar top. Yeah. Okay, so that happened in the book? I didn't remember Well, that. not that anybody smashed it up, but they do mention that it's, like, very nice and old and nice. Right. He's, pr- he's always, he's always uh, polishing it, uh, right. Easy says. Oh, I should mention, going way back to the first 10 minutes of the movie, mm. um, 
when Easy and Coretta um, have their dalliance. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> oh, is that where the sexual content comes in? Exactly. And I know in the book, they don't go all the way, right? No, yeah. They very much go all the way in the movie. Oh, you see penetration in the movie? I mean, you see, you don't, you don't see a shot of the actual parts, but you oh, see well then, the two it, of them. Who cares? Um, but that is the only sex in the movie. Okay. So you don't see him and uh, Daphne get, get down? Guess what? Their relationship is nothing but professional. I feel like that's a very, yeah, that's a weird thing to omit. Okay, so Easy gets arrested. Mm-hmm. He gets out. Um, Terrell picks him up, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the mayoral candidate. Yeah. And essentially, and, and this is this is for the listener, right? So there were two people running for mayor. Yes. Carter and Terrell. Mm -hmm. Daphne was Carter's girlfriend, Daphne Monet. Mm -hmm. DeWitt came to Easy and said, I'm working for Carter. He's trying to find Daphne Monet. You need to help me find find her for Carter. Yes. And then, uh, and then, uh, Terrell picks him up. Terrell's got the little boy in his car. Yeah. Later, Easy finds out that DeWitt wasn't working for for uh, for Carter. He was working for Terrell. Oh. Okay. And lying about it. And Carter had dropped out of the mayoral race for unknown reasons. Uh-huh. So Terrell, the pedophile, mm-hmm. was going to be elected mayor. Now, is this following with the book? No. Wait, no? who's going to be elected mayor? Terrell? The pedophile. Terrell? No. I, yeah. No, I don't think so. And Carter was dating Daphne Monet, and yes. he dropped out. Yes. So with Carter out of the way, Terrell was a was oh, a clear yeah, shot to be maybe. elected. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. So Dewitt pretended he was working for Carter to find Daphne Monet because Daphne Monet had pictures of Terrell with little boys. That was not in the book. And in reality. DeWitt was working for Terrell trying to find Daphne Daphne Monet so she could get those so he could get those pictures and kill her um and that way Terrell would not be disgraced and wouldn't have to drop out of the race. Now Carter we find out has dropped out of the race because he was in love with Daphne Monet. Yes. And she is black. Yes. And it was going to come out that she was black, and that would be dis- uh, he would be disgraced, and he would right. lose the election. So she went and got those pictures. She bought those pictures for seven thousand dollars. Of <sighs> that's a lot of, of money. Terrell, 
and was like, we can blackmail him with that. He'll have to drop out, and then you can still be elected. Uh, it won't come out that you're dating a black woman, mm. and we'll live happily ever after. And that's why everybody was after Daphne Monet. Okay. Um, so essentially... That's not a terrible change to the story, by the way. I don't think. Like, it kind of makes everything a little tighter, in my opinion. It's a little more streamlined, I yeah. feel like, than whatever the hell you were trying to tell me. <laughs> um, anyway, there's a part where um, Frank Green is knife hand, right? Yeah. They don't call him knife hand in the movie, ah. all, which is fucked up. Yeah, I think that's a missed opportunity. But there's a montage of Denzel finding out that he needs to find Frank Green because at the at the time they think that Daphne Monet was in love with him or that they were two that they were dating or whatever. Right, right. But really they they turn out they're they're, they're brother and sister. Brother and sister. Mm-hmm. But there's this montage of Denzel Washington looking for Frank Green and getting into a bunch of arguments with different people in different places. <laughs> but like it's it's Denzel Washington is acting like a guy doing a Denzel Washington impression in this <laughs> montage. And I don't know if he maybe thought they wouldn't use the audio. Maybe he thought there's going to be a montage and uh Oh, like so there's like going to be music playing over this. Yeah. And so like it's just a montage of like 3 minutes in me and like, "Oh, come on, man. You know, like just doing Denzel like yeah. Uh, don't do that to me. Uh, uh, you're not going to say that. Come uh, on. No, yeah. And uh, it's it's really great. It's my favorite part of the movie. Um, Mouse comes. It's Don Cheadle. He's amazing. He's hilarious. He's a loose cannon. He's scary. Um, there's a part where... Uh, I had... I would have never guessed. That was like before... That must have been a fairly young Don Cheadle, right? I think this is his first like actual... Yeah. Um, and that's incredible with any substance. That's real interesting casting. Like that makes me a lot more interested to see this movie now, because yeah. Mouse was a character in the book that was like a little elusive to me. Like I think I got well earlier. I got Mouse and Junior mixed up, and I think in my mind I thought Mouse, which is stupid based on his name, was like a bigger guy. But then later in the book, I, I was, you know, more ma- more made aware that he was not. That's why his name was Mouse. <laughs> yeah. So then I got a clearer picture of like, oh, this is a guy who has like maybe a little bit of a complex because people underestimate him because he's little. And that's why he's like very quick to violence. Yeah, he's hilarious. He rules. And I like like Don Cheadle. When Don Cheadle is being scary, he's like a real good scary. Like a real yeah. good like crazy scary. Yeah, and like that they have that scene where like he is uh he's got the gun when when Easy's like you're drunk and then he like puts the oh, gun yeah. to Easy's chest. And he's like, "Am I drunk? If I was drunk, could I do this?" Yeah. Um, and he always has two guns on him. Is that in the book too? He Maybe. puts one gun on the table and then pulls another <laughs> gun, which is hilarious. I Just forget if he... that specifically, but that's very much in character. Yeah. Yeah, and he and he tosses off some very good lines. Just like 
where's your bathroom over there as he's walking <laughs> to, through a house it's it's just it's very it's very good he's uh okay this is making um, me very much want to watch this movie now he goes to see at some point and the, i'm jumping around a lot um because that's pretty much the story. Uh, the, the, that that was yeah. that was how they simplified the story. Mm-hmm. Um, Denzel saves the day. He gets the pictures. Saves Daphne Monet. Mm-hmm. Daphne Monet can, is now like cool. We have the pictures of Terrell. He's gonna have to drop out of the race, otherwise we'll um, yeah go to the we'll press. expose him. And she goes back. She's like, now I can be with Carter. But uh, Carter is just like, nah. I love you, but I can't do it. This is still going to come out. And she's devastated, and she just leaves town with her brother. Carter, Um, by the way, uh, looking at his IMDb, played uh, Tim McManus in the HBO series Oz. Ah. Which, in the early seasons of Oz, I remember, he was, like, essentially kind of the protagonist of Oz. No. I might be thinking of, uh, what's his name? Doesn't matter. Shut up. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Can we? Can we do my favorite exchange from the whole sure. movie? Um, okay, you get to play Denzel Washington. Okay, great. I'm gonna play Carter. Okay. You have come to me, Carter. Uh huh. You have just seen Daphne Monet the night before. Uh huh. Me, Carter. She. Uh, she. I, I. I was married to her, or. Okay. Her boyfriend or something, and she ran away, and I'm looking for her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a question. You say dress, high heels. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. That's that's your line. All right. So I'm Carter. You're easy. Yes. We're talking about Daphne Monet. Okay. You saw her. What was she wearing? Dress, high heels. That's her. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitive. Yeah. Who else could it have been? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, so everything ends happily, except you know, uh, Carter. You, you know, he gets elected mayor, but uh, he rejects Daphne. Daphne leaves. She's very sad. Um, and then. Uh, the guy, then Easy goes back to his home, and he's just walking around his neighborhood, and just, he's just happy. He's so proud of being a homeowner and so happy to yeah. be in his neighborhood. That, that um, be, That's a big part of the book, yeah. And then he walks across the street to say hi to a neighbor who's some lady, and then that, that man with the axe who's trying to cut down everybody's trees is trying to convince her to let him cut down the trees, and Denzel has to chase him away from her house too but then they both have a laugh about it um and then there's kids in the street and there's a sign that says uh pony pictures five cents and there's kids taking pictures of the pony Um, (laughs) i'm I'm sure you love that part (laughs) yeah and then uh and then it fades to black and and uh the film's over a nice film oh and and that's it yeah. Uh uh Terry Kinney who played Carter was not the protagonist of Oz. I'm thinking of uh, uh somebody else. I can't find it. But but no, he was like a a guard or or uh, uh the warden or the assistant warden something like that. I just want to make that clear. 
We were all waiting with bated breath for you to. I didn't listen that. to a word you said, and now I just closed a bunch of tabs, and now I've got this uh, safe search off image search of March Simpson, all doing a lot of inappropriate things. To be honest with you. Tom, here I am cleaning up your mess, trying to explain what happened to people after you confused them. And you're just looking up people from the, the, the TV show Oz for no reason. Nobody's interested in that. And Marge Simpson nude pics. Yeah, we were, we were in on that earlier. These breasts are way too big for Marge Simpson. This is not what we've been led to believe. Oh, this one. That, whoa, Flanders. Oh, Homer's going to be pissed. I recommend this film if you can if you have a stars login <laughs> um do it if not uh email us I'll give you Tom's uh mom's login. No, Tim, they can change the password that way. I told you. Um they'll probably have to know your mom's home address, which I know. <laughs> it used to be my home address. I know. Do you still remember it? Yeah, I remember it, you idiot. All right. Um, so uh, what should we do for the next book? Run a poll. I know, but what do you think? Oh, what are you in the mood to read? Like, I pulled an executive decision because I really wanted to read a detective novel. So I'll allow you, if there's like a genre you really want to read, and you're like, I'm just going to pick this book and read it. That's fine. You know what? That's not fine because you... I did that because you quit reading the last book. I mean, you just unilaterally picked two books in a row. That's true. So you can you can pick a book, or you can put it up to the. I'm uh, happy community. to do a poll. Yeah, I'm happy. I, I will be smart enough to research all the books that I put into the poll this time. But I want to know: should there be a theme? Should we continue on? You know, black authors. Hmm. Um. Or, should we, or is there a certain genre we should focus on? I mean, I like doing mystery detective stuff just because then we get to figure out. Yeah, but it got so convoluted. That's we true. We should read a simpler one, yeah, like yeah. a uh, Where's Waldo or something. That kind like of detective. <laughs> that kind of detective uh, novel. I leave it up to you, Tim. You're right. I picked the last two, so you get to pick. Okay, I'll run a poll. Or I'll actually put one up, and I won't have to just, you know, be like, oh, I chose this because I wanted to read it, not because I forgot to put up a poll. I will say this, Tim, and this is probably uh, feedback I should give off air, but before I decided to unilaterally just pick a book this last time... um, how about putting a little description about each book? Yeah, it's it's great when you're not having to do the well, work. Well, because I think the problem with this show, one of the problems besides you, is uh, that people just pick the thing they've heard of. Maybe one of the big problems is that while one of us is talking, the other one is just looking up shit on the internet and zoning out. I was trying to see what Marge Simpson looks like naked, and I've already read the book, so I know what's going on. 
But I don't know what Marge Simpson looks like nude in the buff. I'm yelling way too loud. My neighbors are hearing every word of <laughs> they think I'm they probably think I'm just on the phone. <laughs> yeah. It's eleven PM <laughs> yelling at my significant other. <laughs> anyway, uh I hey, I leave it in your capable hands, Sim. But I would put I had gotten I mean maybe this is going to piss people off even more that I decided to just pick a movie uh or a book rather uh because I had gotten the descriptions for the books that I was uh uh considering I could even send them along to you Tim you could do a poll you could uh do one of these books I didn't pick any of them because there weren't movies but who cares about movies I care about movies but So All that right. that's that's uh, an option for you. We'll see what happens. Keep an eye on your email, listeners. Oh, brother. Hey, thanks for listening. I so I, I zoned out while you were talking just now. I could tell. At, I've been looking at my email. I've been looking at Marge Simpson porn. All right. Uh, thanks for being patrons. Um, vote in the poll that will be up shortly. Um, see you next week. Toodaloo.